Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. Well, welcome to the Transform 365 podcast. I'm Pastor Cody, and this is my co-host here, Pastor John. Today we're going to be interviewing uh, Jeremy Vance, and we're just really uh, happy to have him join us. He is a pastor, he is a writer, and he is president of the Free Grace Alliance and newly minted doctor. Whoa! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. When did that happen? That just happened last weekend, actually. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That is fantastic. And you went to uh, Grace School of Theology, correct? Yep. Grace School of Theology. It took me six years to get the doctorate. So, but you know, inch by inch, everything's a cinch. That's what I say. (laughs) That's right. That is right. Keep plugging along and all of a sudden you get to the end. So that is right, man. How's the weather up in the Midwest, brother? Well, it is cool. It's a wonderfully cool. We, our summers are fantastic. Uh, Somewhere between 65 and 80 normally. 80 is, uh, I live right by Lake Michigan, uh, right? I just live 10 blocks from Lake Michigan. So um, we're cool and sunny and summers are great. Mm. Does it get, does it ever get in the nineties at least mid nineties or low nineties? Well, you got to go away from the lake and you can hit, you can hit the nineties, but maybe two, three, four days a, a year. Oh, wow. yeah, we get yeah. we get three months of the 90s yeah. no more than that four months of the 90s yeah <laughs> the the it, lake effect snow and and wind and cool oh man you're that. you're probably wishing that you're here in, in the winter <laughs> <laughs> i believe cody i sent you a, a picture or a video of being at my daughter's soccer game in april and it was snowing out Whoa, yes yes you man. did yes you did Oh, and I said, we're struggling through like 85 at that time. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't bragging, but I was. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> well, Jeremy, um, John and I know who you are. We are, we are very uh, happy and lucky to have you come down to the Free Grace yeah. Alliance um, regional that we hosted at Southwest Community Church. And um, we had a great time just uh, hanging out with you and uh, Charlie and Jeremy and uh, well, you are Jeremy, excuse me, and Grant. And um, I think Lucas came out on Mm -hmm. that one. We had we had quite a few uh, great guys that came out and uh, spent a part and um, just put on a fantastic study conference. Yeah. Um, But for our audience that is joining us and, and don't know who Jeremy Vance is, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself, how you came into you know, um, the pastorate and, you know, maybe even if you want to share your salvation experience, you know, give us a little background on you, brother. Well, uh, currently I am married to Jill and I have four kids, two of which are married and two are still living in our house. Two just had babies recently, right? Yeah, I'm a newly minted grandfather. Oh, man. Double congratulations. Yeah, everything happened at once. (laughs) And if 
if, uh, if, if people could see the video, they would say he's way too young to be a grandpa, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's really a blessing and a joy. Uh, just these different steps in life. Um, my salvation journey, I grew up in a home that um, went to church every Sunday and didn't really live like Christians during the week. But then we went to a Billy Graham crusade when I was 13 that was being held in Milwaukee. And uh, Billy Graham called people forward to receive Jesus as their savior. I, I walked forward, um, stood out in the infield of County Stadium, which is where the Brewers used to play. And no, nobody came to me. And then my, my sister, a couple of days later, sort of was wondering if I actually put my faith in Jesus. And I credit my older sister, Anne, for leading me to, to Christ when I was 13. Wow. And, and then um, had a rebellious four years, 16 to 20, that I really turned my back on the Lord and came back to Jesus um, when I was 20. And, and um, honestly, as we we're going to be talking about the Free Grace Alliance, uh, which I had no clue of any, any of these organizations existed back then. Uh, actually, the Free Grace Alliance didn't exist back then, but... <laughs> But uh, I was I was a uh, I was a devout lordship guy when I when I like hey if you're not following Jesus you are not saved mm. and if you are not if you're not bearing fruit for him how how can he be how can you claim that he's your savior when he's not your lord and I I actually were I was telling people point blank I don't think you're saved because you don't bear the fruit that a saved person would bear I don't I didn't use those terms I was just like you're not you're not following Jesus. So, so we'll get into that a little bit later in this podcast, but, but, um, I, I was, uh, I was a devout Lordship guy, but I was clearly saved. And, uh, when I was 13 and I was, I decided to follow Jesus at 20 and, and I've been following him ever since, you know, there's, it's nothing's perfect. We're, we're still living in a fallen world, but, but I absolutely love Jesus. And I love telling people, how he loves them and long for them to love him back. And, and yeah, got married at 23 and now I'm 56. So I'm going to celebrate 33 years of marriage coming up here. Wow. Congratulations. And, yeah. I don't That's know what great. else. I don't know what else the listeners want to hear. I like, like you said, I pastor a church up here in Wisconsin. I've been here for about 16 years. Um, I've been preaching for 28 years. Um, my when I worked on my doctoral dissertation, it, it was actually on preaching and oh, how, wow. to deliver, how to continue to grow in our ability to deliver the message. So I really zeroed in on the art of delivery when it comes to preaching and how to continue to grow in that. And so that's a real passion for me uh, to help preachers become better preachers. And we'll see where the Lord leads on that. But but uh, it's 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 a good life. It's a real good life. And yeah, I, I became the, the president of the Free Grace Alliance. Actually, I reached out to the previous president because I'm like, I'm not sure how long I've been at this, but uh, <laughs> I became the president in October of, I think, 2018. So we'll be coming up on four years that I've been the president. And uh, there's some exciting stuff that, that we're doing in the Free Grace Alliance. But um, we'll again, we'll kind of cover that as we go along. But that's kind of a quick snapshot, I guess, of my world. 
That's great. That when great. it comes to preaching, um, in the in your the last national um conference, not um uh, yeah, was it a national conference or was it a regional? Um, you had um, he, I guess he teaches preaching at at Grace School of Theology. I, f- I forget his name. Is it Chuck? David was Allen. It, was it David Allen? Yep. Okay, so um, when it comes to preaching, like, can you give us a um, couple guys that you really look up to when it comes to preaching? Well, and, and another man that, that teaches preaching who is a mentor and a friend of mine, he was my advisor for my paper, is Calvin Pearson. That might be who you were thinking That's about. who I'm trying to refer. Yes, sir. Calvin Pearson. Thank you. Yeah, Calvin Pearson and, uh, and David Allen. Those are two. They teach preaching at seminaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, the man who's with Jesus now, but Haddon Robinson. Anything written by him, you just yes. need to read because yeah. he was... He was uh, actually he was a professor and teacher and mentor of Calvin Pearson. So yeah. uh, those are a few names that would be helpful. Um, Don Sanukian is another fantastic mm-hmm. name to reach out and look Google if you can spell it. <laughs> if you <laughs> I think Haddon Robinson was his uh, mentor. Yes, he was. Yeah. He kind of yeah. So Haddon Robinson, yeah, yeah, is fantastic. Um, so and and then there's a preaching magazine which is called Preaching uh, Magazine and uh, that is Michael Ditway is the uh, editor in chief of that creator of the of the journal and uh, actually he was the reader for my dissertation so he's another guy to reach uh, to look Michael Ditway past uh, Doctor Doctor Ditway so is your dissertation available Brother Jeremy I could send it to you. Okay. I, I, I don't, it's not published yet. Okay. No, I, wait, I could wait, but I just wanted to read it. But cause I love, yeah, preach, I, I love reading, I love reading about preachers and, you know, preaching books and all that stuff. So that well, had a Robinson book is the classic, the, um, yeah. the first one he ever wrote. I forgot the name of it. What is it called? Uh, I have you on, have it there. I somewhere. Have it on the show biblical somewhere. preaching. Yes. Yeah, that cool. one. Biblical preaching. Yes. Yeah. The yellow book. I call it the yellow book. Yeah. <laughs> After the podcast, uh, I'll get your email and I'll shoot you my. Oh, uh, my thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. No problem. John likes to collect digital books. So he's got, <laughs> he's got books on his shelf, books in his computer, books on his logos. He's got books everywhere. everywhere. So, um, so Jeremy, um, you know, the, um, the Free Grace Alliance, president of the Free Grace Alliance, four years now. Um, and uh, I know the guys are just, they're gloating over you like crazy of, of how you you've done remarkable things, uh, just you know bringing things together in the FGA. Uh, but for those that don't know the Free Grace Alliance um, and they know maybe Free Grace, can you just explain a little bit of how the Free Grace Alliance kind of uh, differs a little bit from other organizations that are out there? Yeah, the Free Grace Alliance um, is really the only organization that emphasizes being an alliance around the pure, original gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, The unadulterated might be a big word to use, but the idea that that, um, what the Free Grace Alliance does is it really has like, I picture like a three-legged stool it has the academic or education's leg, it has the missions leg, and it has the local church leg. 
And all three of those areas, like how can we be an alliance? How can we be interdependent with one another in order to bring the pure gospel to the world? And um, there's no other organization, I'm pretty confident, unless you can think of one, there's no other organization that really emphasizes the word alliance, the idea that I think we're stronger together than if we're all kind of doing our own thing. And so um, a, a simple little illustration of that is somebody will ask me, um, some, uh, you know, like, how can you emphasize assurance for somebody who is, you know, not walking with the Lord? And instead of me saying, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, this is how I answer it, because I'm a pastor of a church and I know, I know the answers to this, which I might might know the answer, but it might be better for me to say, hey, I know a professor at whatever, Grace School of Theology or, or any other the other schools that are a part of the Alliance, and let me, let me have that professor answer your question, you know, uh, where, or how, how can I, you know, bring the, the gospel to the 1040 window over in you know, the Arab countries or India or whatever. And you, you, I would say, well, an organization that's connected with the Free Grace Alliance is called TTI, the, the Timothy Institute. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're planting churches in the 1040 window, you know. So what, what other organization out there is just trying to connect us together so that we can be stronger and and interact with each other to bring the gospel, the purity of the gospel to the, the ends of the earth. So it's really exciting. We, we want to be encouraging. We want to, we want to, um, ed, you know, bring education. We want to spur on leaders. Um, we just, I, I just, I, of course I love it. <laughs> I love the, the free grace Alliance and I really believe in what, what it's all about. And, uh, Grant Hawley, you mentioned Grant in the beginning there. He's he's our director, um, and we uh, we want to try to get him on more full time because there's a lot of work to be done. But um, um, you know, you need the resources to do it. But mm -hmm. anyway, he he's he's done a great job of just paying attention to the details of things, and yeah, so. The Alliance is unique to, from any other, there's other free grace organizations. They might emphasize, hey, let's let's always talk about theology, the theology, the theology mm -hmm. as opposed to the mission. Um, and, or um, there's others, you know, sadly, there's others that like, this is what we're against. This is what we're against. This is what we're against. And really the Free Grace Alliance doesn't emphasize what we're against. We emphasize what we're for. We're, mm -hmm. we're for the free gift of salvation. We're for assurance of salvation, uh, which is based on our eternal security. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Um, that God's love for us is a love that we can't earn. And it's a love that can never be lost. Um, there's a lot of those kinds of things that are true about what we promote and uh, what we're all about. And it, it's, it's wonderful because we really do have an international reach, which uh, when we talk a little bit about the, the regional conferences, I'll share a little bit of some of the fun stuff that's going on as far as 
regionals are concerned. Yeah, that's a that's actually a good segue to a, a question I had there for you, mm. which is, um, what is the reach internationally with the Free Grace Alliance? Now, I know you guys have a pretty good reach in in stateside. Um, you know, there's there's uh, you guys do regionals just about everywhere. Um, but uh, I was re- watching. I think it was um, one of the national conventions that you guys had uh, about a year ago. I, I might be off on that date. I'm not sure, but I think it was about a year ago and you guys had uh, some individuals from Finland mm. um, and, you know, just talking about the, the free grace reach out there. I know that like Charlie uh, being has shared with us that um, there's a big um, free grace reach in um, the Ukraine. Mm. Um, and so, you know, just if you could share a little bit, maybe you don't know every country but some of the countries and states that are out there you know because that's exciting for people to hear that the 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 message of god's grace the Mm -hmm. message of the cross you know the message of of life eternal is going out there to the rest of the world could you share a little bit with that yeah well again uh because we're an alliance all of these connected you know parachurch organizations and churches and schools have reaches literally maybe in every country of the world. I, I, if not every, the vast majority of them. But as far as the Alliance specifically is concerned, we do just for our listeners, uh, we, it is, you're calling it a national conference. It used to be called the national conference. We decided it has to be called the international conference because people, as you highlighted, internationally come to this conference or tune in online uh, every year. And uh, so we do have an, uh, an annual international conference, and that's in October. This year, by the way, is October 10th through the 12th. It's in, uh, it's in Keller, Texas. It's a, a church called uh, Bear Creek Bible Church in Keller, Texas. We're excited about that. And uh, so you can go on our website, freegracealliance.com and sign up. Love for anybody to do it. And it's going to be a fantastic conference. Um, but these regional conferences that we, that we have, uh, one of our goals for this year was to do international conferences. I think it's the first time in my time uh, as a part of the Free Grace Alliance, which goes all the way back almost to the beginning, not quite. Um, but where we actually have emphasized international conferences, where we're, we're doing actual regional conferences, which are like a mini version of the international conference. Um, and we're doing it in places like Finland. We're going there. Um, we have an internet, we have a regional conference in Ghana, wow. we have an international conference in Cuba. We'll have an international conference wow. in the Dominican Republic. Um, this all this year, uh, which is really super cool. And along with that, we have uh, national co- regional conferences. We're doing three or four conferences right in the United States as well. So we are busy, busy, busy this year, maybe even too busy, like almost. <laughs> over but it's really exciting to be able to. Um, There's a reason why eternity is called rest. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you. That's when you take your vacation. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and we are working for eternity, so we know, you know, uh, 
we'll just keep, we'll just keep plugging ahead. So that's right. Uh, anyway, it's, it's super exciting. Um, just all these different places that God has opened up doors for us to go to and, and, and not only open up doors, like invitations to come. Uh, so next year, I'm sure we'll have more of the same, even as some of the COVID restrictions internationally are probably lifted next year, we'll probably be able to go to other places. So long story short, uh, we are on the move. Uh, Free Grace Alliance is definitely on the move. That's fantastic. When you're in Cuba, you could hop by over here. You, we're only 90 miles away. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I'm, well, it's in September. I'm actually going to the Cuban one. I, I, uh, I was going to go to the Ghana one. It didn't work out, um, but we have other board members in, that are going in my stead there. Um, but I, I'm still slated to go to Cuba in September. We'll have to teach you some some slang, you know, uh, when you go over there. The que tal? <laughs> Get the water, I mean. Yeah, the we, Cuban slang. Yeah, the Cuban slang. So. Brother right. Jeremy, when it comes to your website, uh, well, not your website, the Free Grace Alliance website. I love that website. Um, tell us a little bit about the resources that are available on the website. I know you got books and all that kind of stuff. What, what else can we, you know, if somebody were to visit the Free Grace Alliance website, what, what would they find in there? Yeah, well, uh, one of the big, another brand new initiative this year is a electronic magazine. And um, uh, Grant Hawley is our director. He's very talented in, in um, the graphic arts and things. So we put together a quarterly magazine and it's called Leading Grace Magazine. And uh, that's free. You can just go on our website and flip through it. Um, if you if you are on our mailing list, uh, a link to that is sent to you. Um, and we have a podcast that that we have by the same name, Leading Grace Podcast, and that comes out. Um, I think I think quarterly. It might be a little bit more uh, frequent than that. And yeah, you're right. There are book resources that that you can link to. There are um, organizations that you can link to. Of course, just getting basics of what the Free Grace Alliance believes and holds to and some of the events that are coming up, you can certainly find on our website um, and connect with us through our website. Love to do that. Um, Donate through our website if you feel moved to donate. All of that great stuff. Past conferences are there too, I see. The what conferences? The past conferences that you had, regionals. Right, videos of yeah. yeah, video links to the to the past conferences and speakers that have been there. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, a lot of good stuff. Just go there to freegracealliance.com. Really simple. I, I heard there's a guy by the name of Cody Wallace that he has an article in the new magazine you guys have out now. Is that true? <laughs> Man, you guys let anybody write then. Jeez. One hundred percent true. That is 100% true. <laughs> and I think we're going to be asking you, John, for an article coming up here. How about oh, that? Oh, man, I don't know about that. It'll be an, art- <laughs> it'll be an article on perseverance and forbearance with your, pa- your, no, your no, fellow no. pastor. <laughs> this guy's great. This guy's great. John is fantastic. Go ahead, brother. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things is um, we've been blessed here at Southwest Community Church um, to be able to um, use one of your books as a resource. That's uh, right. we're, we're teaching it, um, John, and 
uh, Pastor John here and a, a few of our um, elders are going through the book in our Sunday school. And uh, they're taking a couple chapters at a time, each of them, and teaching through it. Companions with Christ. Um, and so, you know, let me ask you, what what uh, spurred you on to write a commentary, uh, but more of like a, um, as it even says on the cover, a practical guide to yeah. the book of Hebrews. It's more of an a- application, um, you know, commentary than anything. More of like, you know, hey, this is, you know, what we're being called towards mm. and let's go do it. So what, what, what drew you in to do this? Well, candidly, uh, it was a Free Grace Alliance International Conference that I was at back in, I think it was 2012. A gentleman by the name of Michael Eaton, who is, uh, was an internationally known brilliant scholar, uh, really uh, with a reform bent, a reform church, uh, reform theology bent. Uh, but definitely a theological bent of free grace. Um, he wrote a book called No Condemnation. It was, it's a book on assurance of salvation. And uh, we brought him in to be a keynote speaker at the conference. And when he spoke, he's, he's, he's an Englishman, and he actually came from Kenya. He was living in Kenya at the time. So we, we brought him to the conference and uh, he said, you pastors out there, you have scholarship and you have things to say that you tell your local congregation. You need to get that out to the masses. So I'm going to challenge you to write. And it just hit me like I've always toyed with the idea of writing, but I've never really thought, what would I write on? And then I was like, well, I have, I had a class in seminary on the book of Hebrews. I taught Sunday school classes on the book of Hebrews. I think in my years as a pastor, I preached through the book of Hebrews, I think twice. And I felt confident in my understanding of the book of Hebrews. And I felt like there was not something that I knew that was out there for your common lay person to understand that challenging book. I think when you're common Christian, you know, they're not going to Bible school. They're not going to seminary. They're just following Jesus and they're reading the book of Hebrews. It might come across as a bit intimidating or hard to understand. And I thought, I think I can contribute to the broader audience if I just dive in and see about writing to the common person an understanding of the book of Hebrews. And, uh, you know, it was a, a two-year journey, really, to write it. And, and uh, I, and here it is. It's called Companions with Christ, which I think is the, the overall theme of the entire book of Hebrews. Like, how can we walk in step with the Lord? How can we, how can we be his companion both now and forever? Uh, and I think that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. So it's written to believers. It's written for believers. Um, and I think that there's a lot of misinformation around the book that I thought in my own little way, maybe I can help some people out if I just put down my understanding of this book. And yeah, my understanding of the book comes from 
I didn't say I have to write it from a free grace perspective. I just mm-hmm. wrote it from a natural, normal, literal understanding. And, and, and yet it's true. I am, I, I, I'm 100% convinced that um, the idea of assurance of salvation, the idea of eternal security, the idea that Christians can be disciplined by God, that Christians um, will have a, they'll have to give an account of their life when they stand before the Lord. And if they're not faithful, if they're not overcomers, if they've turned their back on the Lord, it doesn't mean they lose their salvation, but there are some negative consequences, temporal, um, that Christians will experience if they don't keep short accounts with the Lord and keep coming back to him and keep following after him. And I think the book of Hebrews, those warning passages through the book of Hebrews, um, really do speak to Christians and, uh, it's just giving them warning, like, Hey, you know, don't drift away. Hey, encourage each other daily, you know, all those kinds of warnings that, uh, I just, and I absolutely love the book of Hebrews. It's just so rich. There's so there's very is there's very controversial stuff in the book of Hebrews, but yeah. I think if we just slow down and and take it step by step and understand it in the context of the whole, it's it's understand it's able you're able to understand. I hope John that you're able to. Oh yeah, we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. Yeah, I think you you touched on an important topic that a lot of times we kind of we look at discipline and we think it's judgment. And, you know, as, as the Lord tells us, you know, that discipline is, is actually good. It's proof of God's love for his children. And I think that's an important aspect as you look in the book of Hebrews is we see God's love being poured out in discipline. Mm. We see God saying, Hey, listen, uh, I love you so much. I don't want these things for you. So I'm warning you about them. But if you step over that line, I am going to have to discipline you. It's kind of like rules at the house, right? For parents, we have rules at the house. You break these rules. I'm going to have to, you know, for the Hispanic parents, take out the chancleta for the, uh, you know, Anglo parents, uh, you know, it's the belt, right? <laughs> and we're going to have to discipline you. You're going to get grounded. You're going to have these things take place. And it's the same thing that we see in the book of Hebrews. It's just a lot of times we kind of, um, you know, it gets it gets lost in our own translation. I guess um, sometimes we um, put on rose tinted glasses when we're reading certain aspects of the Bible and we lose we lose the sense of what the writer's saying mm-hmm. because of theology. We try to force theology on the scripture and uh, that's that can be dangerous as we, as we know. Yeah. We're, we're enjoying the book, Jeremy, very much. We're um, in chapter, let's see here, we're in chapter 13. Uh, I'm sorry, 14, the height of holiness this Sunday. God willing, we'll be teaching that, that chapter there, which is Hebrews 9, uh, verses 1 through 14. But um, I got a question when it comes to, um, like you said, you know, I've, I've read a couple commentaries on Hebrews, and they're very technical and hard to understand sometimes. But when you, when you did your book, and I love what it says, a practical guide through the book of Hebrews, a practical guide. And I think that's what's we, we divide um, our Sunday school classes within um, what we four, four guys. Yep. And, and they love the book and because it, it's so practical. It's it's so it's exactly what it says here. Practical. So um, like I'm sure you had to read other commentaries on Hebrews just to get some ideas and that. But like, again, give us why did how did you why? How did you make it so practical? <laughs> in other words, <laughs> No, it's interesting. Uh, as you live your life, 
and you want to follow the Lord, I think the Lord keeps clarifying your unique calling for your life. Yeah. And you want, I, I think that for my own life, I want to keep sort of moving toward the bullseye of where God wants me to be. And I mentioned that I just graduated from Grace School of Theology last weekend. And, you know, they have these brilliant professors there that are, I could never be as smart as them. That's okay. I don't want to be as smart as them. I love, I love that they have their role. I wouldn't, it's not my role. I have sensed for years that my role is I can read the really difficult technical stuff mm-hmm. and understand it. But I think God put me on the planet. Part of why he put me on the planet is to take that, which is difficult to understand and bring it to the common person and, and um, try to make it simple for everyday the everyday man or woman or even child for that matter. And, uh, and so actually when I was 20, I said, I came back to the Lord. I started reading the Bible and what struck me at 20 years old was, Oh my goodness, is this relevant? Mm. This is like talking about my life. This is like, this is what, this is the truth about, you know, about life. And I just was blown away by how absolutely relevant to life the Bible is. Mm-hmm. It's not some obscure, high lofty, you know, theological treatise on the, the things we cannot ever understand. It is, it is practical and relevant, even in the stuff that's hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of how God has made me to see those things and to work at articulating them for for whoever wants to dig into it. I'm thankful to him for that. Um, and so, like I say, when I, when I thought about what I could write on, I think I thought, well, Hebrews is kind of a challenging book, but I feel confident enough in my understanding of it that I think I can write about it. And then I think in the process of writing about it, um, I know my glasses that I look through are, how relevant, like, like the, so what of it, like, so what, who cares that, who cares about the Melchizedek priesthood, unless you can say, well, it's <laughs> we love to bring we it laugh up. because uh, <laughs> that, that is uh, one that, uh, that uh, everybody uh, really, that took the longest out of all the It's supposed to be one class and ended up being five classes, I think, yeah. when it came to Melchizedek. <laughs> it's an interesting topic. It was, it was great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were, you were saying something. Well, yeah, no, just that it's that, that it's uh, there's relevancy to our lives, mm-hmm. even in those obscure things. And uh, as I wrote, and you know, there's a, there's a line that is true, and that is, you think, or you, I'm sorry, you read to think broadly, you write to think clearly. Oh wow! Mm. And I believe that in writing, it just helped me to think clearly about the practicality of the book of Hebrews. And so that's why all the way to the point where I think I'm going to slap that on the cover. Just because. <laughs> yeah. 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 You so, didn't so- copyright that yet, did you? Cause, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, uh, a, a, a guy I admire and look up to is uh, Larry Moyer and he, he's uh, 
years ago, uh, he said something it, it, so simple but profound to me. He said, if you can't make it simple, you don't know it well enough yourself. Mm. And I think that that's what you do in this commentary is you take Hebrews and you have digested it and have made it simple for people to understand. And I think that's important. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yep. So the four, the four parts in the, in the commentary, the greatness of glory, maturing, Jesus, our high priest, and living the, in the light of eternity. How hard was it to come up with these titles for each part that you have here in the book? Again, I, uh, those, those parts, I think, bubbled to the surface as I kept digging in. Oh, know, wow. Yeah. Kind of where, um, where one sort of broad thought, there, there's the overarching thought of being companions, and then, and then these four parts bubbled up as I just keep, kept sort of seeing those breaks in his overall thought, the mm-hmm. author of Hebrews. Amen. So, yeah, I, I, again, it's just a matter of, I, you know, you're in chapter nine and, and I, I just, um, I, I love the, the whole idea of Jesus as our high priest and what yes. that, I think one of the things I wrote in there is that he's actually going to be a worship leader, our worship leader mm. in heaven. Like, have you ever considered Jesus as the worship leader, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's leading us in worship of him and in worship of the father. And I just, uh, I remember writing that thinking that is just super rich thoughts that I don't think it's more clear than in the book of Hebrews that those kinds of concepts. So yeah, just good stuff. Good stuff. I'm thankful that you're, I'm, I'm honored. I'm a bit humbled, you know, that you're actually (laughs) realizing this book too to go through the book of Hebrews and um, grateful that God is using it, you know, with you guys down there. So. Well, we thank you for writing it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, what was your, um, what was your thought and approach to the warning passages? Now, you know, a lot of times Hebrews is famous for that, right? But there's so much richness in the book of Hebrews, you know, there's a lot of gems in there. Um, You know, you, we have our heroes of faith and, Hebrews chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as you said, the the Melchizedek talk in Hebrews 7 and Hebrews 9. And um, just there's so much richness. The new you know, covenant. Yeah, the new covenant. Yeah. You know, the the uh, covenants are, you know, sealed with blood, Hebrews mm. 10. So there's so much that goes into the book of Hebrews, right? Um, now, we'll, we'll get into who you think wrote it later on. But, <laughs> no, no, uh, but, <laughs> That's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, pot, that's our second part of this podcast. If you're listening right now, we're about to end. No, I'm joking. No, but, we can, um, actually, I can summarize that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I think Origin said it the best. We'll, we'll know who the author of Hebrews when we get to heaven. Well, we stand face to face, and then it won't matter. Yeah. Um, I, think the to- I think the top two contenders are Paul or Barnabas, but... Um, yeah, we don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Let's just leave it at that. Well, David Allen says, is, uh, I'm sure you heard it, that he said it's Luke. You mm-hmm. heard him say that before? I've, I've I, always stood, I've, stood at Apollos myself but so you, well that's what that's what we're getting at nobody exactly. <laughs> let's get the off holy topic. spirit that's the most important you know i think that's the yep. most important but yep. how did you uh how how did you you know 
when you're when you're formulating your ideas you know those are going to be a hot topic yeah they're going to be one that people are going to maybe um really just dive in and try to dissect your book based on these four warning passages right so how was your approach in that well to try not to be overly simple about it you just have to read it slowly mm -hmm. and identify particularly the pronouns that the author uses seems to always include himself in the warnings you know we must pay more closer attention lest we drift away mm -hmm. uh, we have to encourage each other so that uh, you know and all the more as we see the day approaching i mean always including himself now mm -hmm. does that mean i mean how do you take that either you take it that an unsaved person or someone who could lose their salvation wrote it or you take it as a saved person who was warning christians about um you know the drifting away or or dullness um you know willfully sinning those kinds of warnings the the five warning passages i believe every one of them has the personal pronouns that includes the author mm -hmm. so that's a to me that's a simple that's that's doing exegesis rather than eisegesis, meaning putting putting our own theological grid into it. You just want to pull your theological grid out of it. You want to pull your understanding out of it rather than in, in, uh, imposing onto the passage maybe something that you taught you were taught that basically says no, this is for unbelievers, or no, this is this is for people who can actually lose their salvation, or no, this is for people who um, you know never were believers in the first place. Right. Well, no. If you all, if you just go slowly and read it clearly, the the recipients of those warnings were believers. Yeah, and uh, and so I don't. I think many commentaries out there don't do that. And yeah, you you read a lot you of commentaries today. Um, it seems like they like to separate the chapters as if chapter divisions were there. You know, like you you read the end of Hebrews chapter five. And the writer is setting up Hebrews warning in chapter six. Absolutely. And, yep. and so that, but that chapter division was never there. It was just a consistent letter all the way through. So, which by the way, just, I won't elaborate too much, but that chapter six is probably the most controversial yeah. passage. And let me just say something simply. And I believe I wrote it in the book that when it says, it's impossible to return them to repentance. It's a simple question that I asked of the text. Impossible for whom? Mm. It's impossible for a human being to convince somebody to come back to Jesus. No matter mm -hmm. how much I try to argue, no matter how much I try to use logic, no matter how much I try to love on you, there are some people that turn their back on Jesus and you just can't win them back. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean God can't. Yeah. God won me back. I was saved at 13, turned my back on him at 16, came back to him at 20. There are some Christians who will die turning their back on Jesus. Yeah. But they're still saved because they're adopted children of God. So this idea of chapter 6 saying this person either never believed in the first place or they lost their salvation. No. Uh, they're a, they're a, they're a carnal Christian or they're a person who's turned their back on the Lord. 
And as try as we might, we just seem to, we just can't seem to win them back to Jesus. I have a lot of people in my life who I can put in that category. I, I have, I have siblings who I have their written testimonies when they were in high school of their salvation. And today they have totally turned their back on Jesus. They're now in their sixties and they're not, it doesn't appear as if they're coming back to him. I keep praying for them, but they, they would be in that category. But, you know, once you are an adopted child of God, you can never become unadopted. Amen. Yep. Amen. You can, rebellious, you can be a rebellious child. Yep. You can be a child that even disowns your, your heavenly father, but he never disowns you. Yeah. I think, I think the um, thing we miss out on is um, the story of the prodigal son, that son returned, but there's plenty of sons that stay away. You know, and it doesn't mean that the father ever divorces his son. Uh, that son still remains the child. Uh, you you hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. You know, when I was coming up with these questions, brother Jeremy, um, I was well, I was listening to uh, a podcast from um, one of the reform guys. No, don't mention other podcasts. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> I'm not gonna mention the name, the reform brother, but um, he mentioned that 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 the free he meant you know the free grace guys are the only ones that teach the way we teach Hebrews. We're the only ones that teach it that way. So in the history of the church, he said, he even, he even went that far. He said, we're the only ones in the history of the church to see Hebrews the way we see it. Like, how, how would you respond to that? Well, I don't know if it's true or not true. It doesn't matter if, if we are, it's yeah. just, it's a, it's a, natural, normal, literal understanding of the text. And yep. no matter if all of world history s- sees it wrongly that, or sees it differently, doesn't yeah. mean that doesn't mean that you're wrong. I mean, you can weigh that, but the reality is just interpret it, you know, do, do proper Bible study, observe everything there is to observe, like I just mentioned, observe the pronouns. That's a great way to understand it. That's part of that observation. And then just do a natural, normal, like if you're reading a newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, a, you know, you're a news article, whatever, just read it naturally, normally, and with how it says it. And what, what you come up with is what you come up with. We, it doesn't say in the scriptures that we have to be workmen rightly handling church history it says rightly handling the word of truth amen yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's important that we also process scripture to scripture always rather than scripture to commentaries yeah i love the way you mentioned that if you read if you read it naturally um how'd you say jeremy i don't want to misquote you read the read the scriptures naturally right natural normal normal literal yeah right Right. you you will come up i guess like you were saying that you you will come up with this conclusion of what how you wrote the commentary, but also what Grant Hawley said when he wrote his book um, Dispensational Link to Free Grace. Mm-hmm. It's sort of you know it'll if you read it like the way Brother Jeremy's saying it, you'll come up with dispensationalism. And the reason why I bring that up because again they accuse that all oh, dispensation started in the late 1800s and it was never taught before that. And like Brother Jeremy said, and I. And I love the way you said it. Just because it wasn't taught before doesn't mean it's not scriptural, right? Yeah. And by the way, there, there, 
that is not an actually true statement, just for clarity. Um, there's a gentleman, his name is Ken Wilson. He's a professor at Gray School of Theology. Mm-hmm. He got his PhD from Oxford in Augustinian theology. He's read everything that Augustine has ever written. Wow. And um, he actually, um, there's, there's a book called A Defense of Free Grace Theology. And he has a couple of chapters in there of how even before Augustine, people were free grace. Oh, wow. Augustine actually is the one and his influence actually from pagan, um, pagan influences, how that switched from that to a more um, lordship position. Yeah. uh, And a more, uh, we're not really talking about reformed theology, but to a more from more of a dispensational free grace position to yeah. more of a reformed. Work. Yeah. And, and there is such a gap. I think that's such a, a cop out of a, of a um, argument a lot of times is because there's such a gap in our historical records when, when, you know, we'll leave the church unnamed, but the, the Rome, we'll just put it that <laughs> way, decided to start burning manuscripts of guys like Aranus and things like that, just because they're like, oh, they, they become heretic, heretical now, you know, and they're going off on their own. So we're going to get rid of their, you know, writings and we're going to get rid of what they, you know, cited on this, you know, passage of scripture and we're going to get rid of the, so, you know, there's a big gap in what we have of all these guys that we call, you know, the fathers, um, and, and there is, we don't have everybody's writing, you know, there's, there's a lot that's missing, um, because of that time when there is that church editing. Yep. That's a great point, Cody. Excellent point. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one of our favorite things to, to ask people, um, when they come and join us, Jeremy is what, um, got you to your theological stance that you are in today? You know, what, what did you read? What did you come across? Um, you know, who influenced you the most? Um, just what, what brought you to the point that you're at today in your theological stance? Well, I mentioned earlier that, um, when I came back to Jesus at 20, um, I read, uh, John MacArthur's book, um, the gospel according to Jesus. Thank you. Um, the gospel yeah. according to Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, I knew, I know what it's called. But yeah. Gospel according to Jesus. Totally hook, line and sinker. I was, I was <laughs> off. And that's where I was telling people, you're not saved. You're not saved. You're not saved. And then um, a few years later, I read a book by Zane Hodges called absolutely free. Mm. And I did a 180. I, and I actually compared the two books to one another. I didn't even know that they were, those two gentlemen were sort of going at it back and forth. I just mm-hmm. happened to read those two books. I didn't, back then, I didn't realize, oh, wait, this is like the center of the argument. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand that. But I read Absolutely Free, and I compared that to um, The Gospel According to Jesus by MacArthur. And I was like, I am, I am wrong in my lordship position. I am convinced that Zane Hodges um, understands the scriptures in a clearer way. You have to do less gymnastics with the scriptures to hold to the free grace position. That kind of led me on a trail 
of a lot of reading from a lot of different, you know, Charles Ryrie, So Great Salvation. Yeah. Uh, even, you might think this is kind of interesting, even the book Premillennialism by uh, John Wolverd, which is, mm-hmm. it's not really a, uh, it's not really on free grace theology or whatever, but it was just another building block in establishing beyond the scriptures, you know, theological truths. And, um, and then I think it was like, Oh, five that I came acquainted with uh, the free grace Alliance, which started in Oh four. So, um, and through that, then I just, you know, have been growing and, and honestly, I've read a lot of, books uh in a sense on both sides of the of the soteriological um arguments which that's a big word for saying the 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 essence of salvation what what does it take and and i'm still convinced more than ever of of uh the idea of salvation is an absolutely free free gift that God offers by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone, um, and and once you receive that free gift by faith, you trust that Jesus died for your sins, died to pay your your penalty for your sins, died to pay my penalty for my sins, the very thing that separates me from God, and He rose from the grave to offer me this gift of eternal life, which which really is a relationship with him that starts today and lasts forever that once you're saved you get adopted into the family of god and yeah. when you're adopt when you're an adopted child like i said earlier you can't become unadopted and mm-hmm. you are forever secure in that family and it's not based on your behavior and you don't look to your behavior to prove your faith you look to the object of your faith to prove that it's true and the object of our faith is jesus christ and I am. Um, yeah, we I, got a lot of people wanting to be fruit inspectors today. And, uh, you know, that's dangerous work. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's for a whole another podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you, you, uh, you say some great things there, Jeremy, because, you know, there's, um, I, I think when you come to a free grace stance, there is a consistency. I'm not saying we're a hundred percent consistent in everything. Um, you know, there's, there's a, we're guilty of, you know, uh, seeing things the, the wrong way too. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is there's a, the gymnastics you said, uh, when you compare scripture to scripture, um, when you stay consistent in your exegesis, when you look at things in the frame of scripture, Old Testament to New Testament, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Scripture makes a lot more sense. When God says that um, I give them everlasting or eternal life, it makes more sense to take him for his word that it is everlasting and eternal and we can't lose it, right? Because then that's a horrible term to use for it. Uh, if it is something that we're going to lose based on actions or based on, uh, okay, well, 
yesterday uh, things were going well, so I my faith was strong, and today I've hit rock bottom, and my faith is you know smaller than a mustard seed, and so when you take into scripture into consideration um, that that consistency of God and the consistency of scripture, you don't have to do as much gymnastics. You don't have to say, well, this is an, an analogy and this is another literary, you know, form, and this is now poetic. And now this is, you know, prophecy. And so now we have to take all these things and juggle them in this way. Um, and it, when we just say, no, God is being consistent. It, it yep. makes more sense. And I think that's, you know, beautiful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the free grace position theologically, um, it's based on where stands it written. It's based on not looking to the fruit of people. Mm-hmm. It's based on, again, rightly handling the word of truth, working at it. And you're absolutely right. No human being has a corner on the truth. And yet we are called to keep pursuing and understanding. Mm-hmm. The truth. And you cannot, it's a cop out to say, well, that's your position. You know, that's your opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah. That, that's a cop out because God didn't give us his words so that we could just have a bunch of opinions. Yeah. He gave us his word so that we could know the truth and the truth would set us free. Amen. And by the way, just real quick, there are three truths. There's your truth, my truth, and the truth. (laughs) And the truth is what we're all after. And your truth and my truth becomes the truth when it lines up with what the scriptures teach. Yeah. uh, Jim Scudder Sr. um, years ago, uh, you know, before he went to be with the Lord, he had this saying, and I loved it. Uh, He would say, uh, I believe everything written in this book right here. I even believe the color cover when it says Holy Bible. And I think that should be our approach uh, to, you know, understanding scripture is that it is giving us a complete understanding of truth. Yep. Amen. And I'm, I'm blessed. And I know you too are Cody. We are blessed to be called of God to bring his truth to people. Amen. Yes. And even when you write a book like, companions with christ it's it's uh you have to be humble going into it and humble through throughout and and i'm humbled that god would use it to touch some lives in miami honestly yeah for sure well brother um if you could give us a little bit of information um as we wind down the podcast um you know information on free grace alliance information on you know if people want to catch your services online information of grace school of theology um any of those things that you'd like to um make people aware of are you working on a another book you know i know you finished your dissertation but as you know i always tell people they're like i want to read your dissertation when you're done pastor i say um i don't want to put you to sleep uh, wait until my next book comes out. Is there anything else that you know you're working on right now? I've been told I need to not work on anything. <laughs> I don't <laughs> love me. <laughs> Take a little break. However, I will say this, and I'm kind of excited to get back at it. I, I started this dissertation or this this uh, doctoral work in 2016. 
prior to that, I was working on a novel and I, I am excited to, I actually literally set it aside because of all the work that goes into the classes that you know of, you're right in the middle of it right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd like to get back to that novel. And it's a, uh, it's a novel. It'll be a novel about uh, a person who dies, goes to heaven and really goes through all of the future events that the Bible speaks of only I'm going to do it in story form and novel form and uh, use some creative license to help people picture what, what heaven's going to be like and what, what our eternity is going to be like. And I'm kind of excited about that. It was a fun endeavor that I started back years ago, and I'm looking forward to picking that story back up and blowing the dust off of it and, and going into that. Um, again, just to kind of know, get, get in contact. Um, I am a pastor up here in Wisconsin and our website is faithchurchmanitowoc.org. Manitowoc is a big word, <laughs> phonetically sound it out, uh, spell it out, but it's, uh, M-A-N-I-T-O-W-O-C, Manitowoc. Um, and yeah, you can go on our website and see our church and if you want to shoot me an email you certainly could do that we do live stream our services on sunday morning you can live stream them through our website or through uh facebook or youtube if you want to check those things out uh faith church manitowoc and then um the free grace alliance i mentioned it before i'll mention it again freegracealliance.com and um i'm I, I would love for you guys to all consider coming to the international conference in Keller, Texas at Bear Creek Bible Church. And that's October 10th through the 12th of this year. And if you want to do a regional, Cody, in Miami, again, we got to set that up. I'd love. To yeah, that'd that. be great. And um, one thing I want to add, I, I'm just kind of prompted to, to share this. So I graduated from Grace School of Theology and I told you what I wrote my dissertation on, on preaching, and there is a, a division of Grace School of Theology called Grace Center for Spiritual Development, mm. and it is for training of lay leaders who aren't working on getting a degree, they're not in seminary, or they're not in Bible college, but it's just to help your people in your church grow in a biblical worldview, grow in understanding the the basics of the Bible. And I'm going to, I'm planning on doing um, uh, modules in there on preaching because there's a lot of lay people out there, maybe in rural America or even around the world who they're not really getting a, they're not going to seminary to get a class on preaching. They're not quite, you know, they're just kind of doing it. And I'm going to actually do some teaching on that at that site for people to just help develop their preaching. I'm pretty excited about it. I just graduated oh, a week ago. I was talking to a fellow graduate of mine and, uh, and he was like, let's get you signed up to do that, which I would absolutely love to do. So that's in the works. Uh, but I'm excited to be able to take what I've been studying and bring it in a sense to the masses through Grace Center for Spiritual Development through Grace School of Theology. So um, if anybody out there is looking for an education, I know there's a lot of great schools out there, but I would recommend Grace School of Theology, gsot.edu. <laughs> so there you go. All those, all those connections, Cody. Yes. I don't know if you were, <laughs> if you were uh, 
expecting all of that, but um, but anyway, I'm 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 thankful that you invited me to come on this podcast, and uh, I'm even more thankful that I get to see you face to face and talk to you for a little bit. Yeah, man, it, it was it's definitely a blessing, Jeremy, and I appreciate you coming on and joining us. And uh, again, congratulations on on the doctorate done, my friend. Yeah, and, amen. Uh, Thank you. And, um, you know, just congratulations on your book, uh, Companions with Christ. Um, you can get it on the um, Grace Theology Press, um, and you can also find it on Amazon, where books are sold. Uh, ask for it. It's a great commentary, just a very uh, simple application, practical walk through the book of Hebrews. And we really appreciate you coming on, joining us uh, today, Jeremy, and thank you for your time, man. God bless. Hey, thank you, Cody. Really, it's a privilege. Yeah, man. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.